the unknown. Mystery. Space. Have fun. Adventure. Suspense. Fantasy. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. Welcome to journey number 181 of the Journey Into podcast, featuring a smoking jacket for Christmas, as presented by the Burns and Allen Show. I'm your guide on this journey, Marshall Latham, coming to you from base camp in the Treasure Valley. Yes, that's right, I said Christmas. It is December. Uh, the Christmas season is upon us. At, at least by my gauge, you know, I, I tend to think of December 1st as, as the beginning of, of the Christmas season. I know a lot of people start it the day after Thanksgiving. A lot of people start it uh, back in October. At least the stores do. Uh, craft stores probably started earlier than that. So, uh, but anyway, I think it's safe to say that it's Christmas season when it's December. And uh, here in... Uh, the Treasure Valley, uh, we've gotten some snow and it's definitely gotten colder. So it feels a little bit more like Christmas around here as well. So it seemed appropriate to bring you a, a old time radio Christmas show for this journey. You know, in regards to old time radio, probably the, the thing that I'm least familiar with is the comedies. Uh, there's a lot of classic uh, comedies, you know, from the 30s and 40s. When old time radio was in its heyday, uh, before television showed up <laughs> and started to provide competition for those radio shows. But yeah, you know, there's like Fibber McGee and Molly. There's the great Gildersleeve. There's the Fred Allen show, the Jack, Jack Benny show. And some of these eventually translated over to television. But, and so I, I may have seen bits and pieces of those from some of the original television shows. And I know Jack Benny was a big hit on both radio and TV and, and things like that. But I'm really not familiar with a lot of these uh, old comedies. And I think part of it is it feels a little bit beyond my experience, a little bit beyond my reach. You know, I, I know that doesn't prevent me from learning about these things, but a lot of the comedy is, uh, you know, topical of, of the time. And I don't always get all the references that are made. And it, it's kind of fun that way, but it's also, I, I don't think I, I get the joke a lot of the time. And, you know, it, it's one of those things like, you know, even now, if my kids were to watch old Johnny Carson episodes, you know, they wouldn't understand the humor. They wouldn't know who these people were that were guesting on, on this thing. So anyway, I, I, I need to make this short. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about the uh, Burns and Allen show. Uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen were a great comedy duo from back in the vaudeville days. Uh, they both did vaudeville independently, and then they uh, 
they met up and, and combined their acts, you know, and, and they, they got married, you know, they fell in love and they got married and, uh, they, they developed this routine in vaudeville. It, it, they did some, uh, movies together also. And then eventually they became a hit on the radio. You know, their, their shtick was typically that, you know, Gracie was kind of this, uh, silly lady with a lot of strange ideas and so she was kind of the comedy part of it where George Burns played the straight man to her role. It made for really good comedy. And like like I said, eventually they did uh, get their own radio program. Eventually it was called The Adventures of Gracie. And then uh, later on it became The Burns and Allen Show. And George Burns always gave Gracie the credit for what worked uh, with their comedy. Uh, so, you know, they got their own show in uh, late 1933. And, you know, they, they pretty much did their comedy routine on the radio until uh, when they changed their uh, show from The Adventures of Gracie to The Burns and Allen Show. Uh, they, they pretty much changed it to a, a sitcom, you know, where they were a married couple going through different comedic situations. And, uh, you know, of course, there were lots of guest stars and people that they interacted with. We can get into more of that after you listen to the show. But uh, I hope you enjoy this. I, I definitely am a fan of uh, George and Gracie. And I hope I hope you'll enjoy this as well. So, yes, I'll uh, get out the old Wamperdime radio, temporal radio tuner here. And please come with me and let's journey into Christmas in 19... 19- 46. I just came back from a lovely trip along the Milky Way. I stopped off at the North Pole to spend a holiday. I called on dear old Santa Claus to see what I could see. He took me to his workshop and told his plan to me. So you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, let us consummate, I mean, celebrate the reunion of you and your brooch with vintage champagne. Life is too short to quaff anything but champagne and beauty and Red Bull. This diner is pulling a switch on the regulars by serving new instant Maxwell House. What's it taste like? Fresh Perk coffee, that's what it tastes like. I had, I had a very good marriage. I know you did. Gracie and I were a wonderful marriage. Tell you a story about Gracie. Gracie got all the laughs on the stage. Right. Off the stage, said Gracie thought I was funny. We were married then about that, 27, 30 years. And she woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. She said, George, I can't sleep. Make me laugh. So I made love to her, and she laughed. <laughs> That's the secret, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now... Well, marriage is when you get out of bed anyway. Right. 
Sure, pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, Tommy Bernard, our happy postman, Mel Blank, and our guest star, Eddie Cantor. It was the day after Christmas, and in the Burns house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Oops, my mistake, George is stirring. You know, Gracie, I just can't get over this beautiful Christmas present Eddie Cantor gave me. A hundred and ten dollar smoking jacket. Yes, it's hard to believe, all right. But there's the price tag hanging right on it. <laughs> that was probably an oversight on the part of some clerk. Eddie would die if he knew it was on there. Well, then why does his card read, Merry Christmas from Eddie Cantor, who paid a hundred and ten dollars for this jacket? <laughs> Some clerk wrote that. Did you see what it says on the outside of the package? No. It says special delivery. What's 13 cents to a man who's already spent $110? (laughs) Well, I don't care. It's a beautiful gift. Boy, 110 bucks. I'll bet that's more than he spent on Ida. Well, of course it is. He got her for nothing. (laughs) I meant that's more than he spent on her Christmas present. Mm. Something awfully strange about this, George. It's not like Eddie Cantor to spend all this money. Well, I guess he figures he can't take it with him. George, if Eddie can't take it with him, he'll find a way to send for it. (laughs) (laughs) There's the door. I'll answer it. Gee, a $110 smoking jacket. No more of those two-for-nickel cigars while I'm wearing this. From now on, I smoke only Royal Havana Super Deluxe King Specials. Three for a dime. That was the delivery man, George. Look, someone sent you an erector set. Erector set? Uh Uh-huh. That's a child's toy. Somebody's trying to rib me. What does the card say? It says, to little Georgie Porgy from Santa Claus. Oh, fine. George, did you write Santa Claus a letter? (laughs) This is not from Santa Claus. It's from somebody who wants to pull my leg. Oh! That's your tailor. He's always wanted to get your legs even. My legs are even. Some wise guy. Anyway, this erector set just makes me appreciate Eddie Cantor's gift all the more. A hundred and ten dollar smoking jacket. Now, there's a present. Well, don't feel so bitter about this erector set, dear. Maybe it'll be lots of fun. Look at the things it says you can make with it. A teeter-totter? A teeter-totter? Oh, jolly. (laughs) Won't the fellows at the cigar store envy me when they see my teeter-totter? Well, now, just I'll hide it behind my back and say, guess what, fellows? And they'll say, golf clubs? Fishing tackle? And I'll say, no. A (laughs) teeter-totter. Oh, I'll answer it, dear. You play with your erector set. Play with it, my foot. I wouldn't touch the silly thing. Good morning, Missy Burns. Here's your mail. Oh, thank you, Mr. Postman. Well, how do you feel? 
Did delivering all that Christmas mail wear you out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My feet have blisters that belong on a B-29. Oh, you poor man. I delivered more mail than Bing Crosby's obstetrician. <laughs> well, I hope Santa Claus is good to you. Was there something nice in your stocking yesterday morning? Yes, but there was something horrible in my wife's stocking. Oh, what was it? My wife. <laughs> How about your Christmas, Mrs. Burns? Was the jolly old gentleman with the big tummy good to you? Oh, George is always good to me. <laughs> this year he gave me a lovely gold bracelet. I picked it out myself. Then it wasn't a surprise. A surprise? Well, it will be to George. <laughs> he doesn't know about it yet. And right now, I don't dare tell him. He's in a pretty bad humor. How come? Oh, some practical joker gave him a child's toy for Christmas. One of those erectors sets. George is furious. I pulled a similar joke on my wife, Bertha, one Christmas. I gave her a broom. Well, what's wrong with giving your wife a broom? It had a saddle and stirrups on it. <laughs> Bertha was mad as a hornet. Well, I'll bet it handed you a laugh. Laugh? I thought I'd die. <laughs> and so did the doctor. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mrs. Burns. You remember, keep smiling. Well, not much mail, George. Just a few late Christmas cards and... Why, George... I made a teeter-totter. <laughs> and I did it in six minutes flat. Oh, I'm proud of you, darling. Only six minutes? Why, it says right here in the box, to make a teeter-totter should take the average child about... Well, it's new to you. <laughs> what does it say the average child should take? 30 seconds. Well, anyway, this thing is sure a lot of fun. And now I'm going to start a steam shovel. Come in. Mr. Burns? Yes, what is it, son? I believe you've got my erector set by mistake. Huh? My name is Georgie Lemaire, and I live across the street. The delivery man says he got the wrong house and left it here. Oh, we're sorry it happened, little boy. Put it in the box, George, and give it to him. Wait a minute. Look, kid. How would you like to have a nice smoking jacket? A $110 smoking jacket. No, sir, I want my erector set. Well, give it to him, George. But, kid, look, this smoking jacket is from Eddie Cantor. Who's he? <laughs> Who's he? Tell him, Gracie. Why, Sonny, Eddie Cantor is the man who... He tells all those... He's the biggest... Give him the erector set. <laughs> Now, look, kid, can't we make a deal? This is a beautiful smoking jacket. I want my erector set. Oh, all right. But let me finish the steam shovel first. Mm, by then, he'll be old enough for the smoking jacket. Never mind. How about it, kid? Mm, I want my erector set. Now, look, I wouldn't want to use force on, a, on an eight-year-old. But I'm going to finish that steam shovel if I have to throw you down and sit on you. No, you're not. You give me that. Now, let go of that. Let go. let go. Let go. Let go. Oh! Shame on you, you boys. You let him up this instant. There. Now you take your erector set and go home, Sonny. Did he hurt you, George? 
sky smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. You know, Meredith, I guess that's one of the gladdest and happiest songs I've ever known. That it is, Bill. And with New Year's Eve less than a week away, it's mighty timely, too. New Year's Eve. That's the great American night for ringing out the old and ringing in the new. Yippee. Blue days, all of them gone. Nothing but blue skies from now on. Yes, Meredith, it's one night in the year when all of us can see that silver lining. When hope and optimism and good cheer are really riding high. Makes you understand why the celebration of New Year's Eve is such a happy and joyous part of the American scene. And that brings to mind how Maxwell House coffee is a very real part of the American scene, too. We Americans love coffee, have made it our national drink. And more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee at any price. North, east, south, and west, it's Maxwell House wherever you go. Flavors behind this great popularity story, of course, the rich, vigorous Maxwell House flavor that results from the masterful blending of these selected Latin American coffees. Manizales for mellowness. Medellins for richness. Other fine coffees for vigor. And Bucaramanga's for full body. All adding up to great coffee at its flavor peak. So, friends, why not enjoy the very best in coffee goodness, coffee pleasure? You can for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than you'd pay for the cheapest coffee sold. Next time, say, Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. He would have to come after his erectus set just when I was getting interested. Oh, well, never mind, dear. You'll get over it. But I wanted to finish that steam shovel. Oh, well, dear. Mama will make some ice cream and let you lick the dasher. <laughs> oh, stop. Just because I happen to enjoy building things. Uh, come in. Hello, all. Hello, Meredith. Hello. Well, what's wrong with him? Somebody took away his erectus set. Oh, well, George... I don't have an erector set, but I'd be glad to lend you my set of tiddlywinks. <laughs> although it's not quite complete. Look, Meredith. All the winks are there, but in the excitement of a recent game, I broke my red tiddly. <laughs> Meredith. Or, uh, it... you might be interested in a Cupid doll I have. Which, when patted on the stomach, says Mama? No, I'm not interested. Would you care to hear how I got that Cupid doll? No. It was at the Saragorda County Fair back in 1928. There was a booth there where for a nickel you could buy three baseballs, hurl them at assorted knickknacks, and keep whatever knickknack you knocked over. I purchased three balls and let fly with a right good will. And you knocked over the Cupid doll. No, I knocked over J.C. Tolliver, a local apothecary. He was at a nearby booth eating hot buttered popcorn. My goodness. Undismayed, I cut loose with the second baseball. Oh, and that time you got the Cupid doll. No, got J.C. Tolliver again. <laughs> he was bending over to pick up his hot buttered popcorn. Show me how he was bending over, Meredith. Like this, George. 
Goodbye, Meredith. <laughs> Goodbye, all. Oh, yeah. You'll be the tiddlywinks. All I want is an erector set so I can build a steam shovel. And unless you get one, there'll never be an end to this. You wait here. <laughs> Gracie, you shouldn't have done it. Well, George, I knew you wouldn't be happy until you had an erector set, so I went to the store and got you one. Boy, hey, where'd you get the money? I traded the smoking jacket for it. You traded Eddie Cantor's $110 smoking jacket for this erector set? <laughs> that smoking jacket didn't cost $110, dear. I talked to the man Eddie bought it from. But it had a big price tag on it. He bought that from the same man. <laughs> Well, how much did Eddie pay for the jacket? A hundred? No. Seventy-five? No. Fifty? Mm-mm. How much? Well, the erector set was twelve and a half. Yeah. I traded the smoking jacket. Yeah. And we owe the store two and a half. <laughs> the smoking jacket cost ten dollars. That included four boxes of cigars. <laughs> the cigars I didn't even get. You didn't get the set of dishes either. A set of dishes came with it? And a pocket knife. A pocket knife? And a round trip to Azusa. Murder. I'd like to have had the pocket knife. Yeah. Well, the salesman said that that knife really should be in the pocket of the smoking jacket at all times. Why? Well, in case you spill water on the jacket, you can cut your way out before it chokes you to death. He's exaggerating. Besides, I don't care what Eddie paid for the jacket. It's the spirit of the gift that counts. Now, you go right back to the May Company and get it. It didn't come from the May Company. Bullets? No. Broadway? Uh-uh. Where? Laughing Frankie Gordon. <laughs> that smiling Frankie Gordon. He laughed when he saw that. <laughs> well, you get it back here. No matter what the jacket is worth, it's, Eddie, it's Eddie's gift to me and I want it. Besides, I don't believe all that stuff about a free trip to Azusa and a set of dishes. Eddie Cantor's got plenty of money and he... Come in. Oh, Merry Christmas, George and Gracie. Merry Christmas! Well, Eddie! Eddie, you're a day late with your Merry Christmas. I know, Gracie. I got caught overnight in Azusa. <laughs> Azusa? Yeah, I just happened to have a round-trip ticket. I see. Eddie, what did you give Ida for Christmas? Ida, oh, a lovely gift. A set of dishes. <laughs> I thought so. And how about your five daughters? Well, to Janet, the oldest one, I gave a beautiful pocket knife. Then to each of the other four girls, I gave a box of cigars. <laughs> cigars? Money is no object to me. But, Eddie, your daughters don't smoke cigars. Their husbands can smoke them. But won't the cigars be awfully stale by then? You... <laughs> They'll be dead and buried by then. Oh, yes, oh, yes. But enough about my Christmas. Did you get the smoking jacket I sent you, George? Oh, yes. Thanks, Eddie. Oh, that's all right. What's $110 among friends? <laughs> Who said anything about $110? The price tag came off? <laughs> Why, how could it? I stuck it on with a Pabst beer label. 
Oh, well, as long as I know you got it. Well, Now, how would you two like to eat dinner with me, huh? Oh, we'd love it. Well, thanks. Now, don't fix anything extra, Gracie. I'll take potluck. <laughs> you're, you're eating here? Well, yes, I want to see George in that beautiful smoking jacket I gave him. Why don't you put it on right now, George? Um, yes. Gracie, run get that jacket. Yeah, all right. It's in the next room. I'll be back in a half hour. Yeah. Wait a minute. It takes you a half hour to walk into the next room and back? Sick carpet. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> let, let me get it for you, No, huh? no, no. I Oh, I just happened to think. I took the smoking jacket to the cleaners. I... Already? Well, yeah, George got smoke on it. <laughs> I, I'll be right back Well, look, my car's out front I'll drive it to the cleaner Oh, no, no I, I'm too tired I'd rather walk <laughs> Goodbye Gee, I, I hope she gets it, Eddie I wouldn't want anything to happen To a $110 jacket Look, George We've, we've known each other For 25 years You and I Well, we can be honest with each other That jacket didn't cost 110 No? No I put that price tag on it so as not to embarrass you. Embarrass me? How would you feel if you knew I, I really paid 150 for it? I die. Uh... They say it's wonderful. Our nomination for the best song of 1946, Meredith Wilson and his music. George, is Gracie here? No, Bill. She's going to pick up my smoking jacket. You know Eddie Cantor, don't you? Oh, of course. Hello, Mr. Cantor. Oh, Bill, my boy. How are you? Looks <laughs> good. Uh, haven't been by to call on my daughters lately. Oh, well, as a matter of fact, I did call on your daughter Janet last night. You weren't there. I know. I spent the night in Azusa. Uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill, did you have a good time with Janet? Well, uh, Mr. Cantor, I would have, but... But, uh, but what? When did she start carrying a pocket knife? <laughs> a smart Christmas present I gave her. How was Ida, Bill? Was she lonesome without me? Well, I don't know. She was out seeing the Jolson story. <laughs> Every night Ida sees the Jolson story? Is she getting passes? <laughs> Tell me, were the other girls home? Oh, yes. They introduced me to a game called uh, Break One and Get One. Break One and Get One? Yeah. 
It seems that some schnook gave Ida a cheap set of dishes. <laughs> and she wanted the girls to get rid of them, so every time I broke one, I got a cigar. <laughs> a cigar? Yeah, the same schnook gave the girls cigars. I wonder who that schnook could be. <laughs> oh, by the way, Mr. Cantor, speaking of the Jolson story, I think they should do a picture about you. No, no, no. How would that sound, the schnook store? I, uh, uh, it's no good. It wouldn't work out. Well, really, I think it's a great idea, Mr. Cantor. Now, Jolson had to have a handsome young fellow named Larry Parks to play his part, but you wouldn't need him. That's right. I, I wouldn't. No, I could do it. <laughs> you see, they'll photograph me, and, and your voice will come out of my mouth singing, Ida, sweet as Maxwell House coffee. Wait, Sweeter. wait a minute. Wait, that's, not, that's not what the song says, you know. If it comes out of my mouth, that's what it'll say. <laughs> Maxwell House coffee is rich, mellow, delicious, the result of careful selection and blending of choice Latin American coffees radiant roasted to perfection. But, but, but Bill, coffee doesn't rhyme with either. That, that spoils the song. Oh, you're right, of course. I'll, well, I'll have to change that. Yeah. Well, we'll do it like this. Sophie, sweet as Maxwell House coffee. No. <laughs> Bill! Well, no. what's the matter now? That, that rhymes. It not only has rhyme, but reason, because more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee in the world. Oh, Bill, stop teasing, Getty. There's only one way that song can go like this. Ida, put the bean, feed us that whole stuff. Oh, Ida. Ha, Pardon me for interrupting, but George... Did, did you enjoy working for our sponsor in 1946? Well, sure. Would you like to work for him in 1947? You bet. How does the song go? Sophie, sweet as Maxwell House coffee. <laughs> That's better, George. Because Maxwell House is the very best in coffee drinking pleasure. Yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee you can buy. That's why so many millions of Americans insist on Maxwell House. These days, they know today's coffee buy is Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Now, look, if you two think that you can... Well, I'm back. We can have dinner now. Oh, hello, Bill. Hi, Gracie. George, may I speak to you alone for a moment? Sure. Uh, excuse us, Eddie. That's all right. Uh, did you, uh, did you get the smoking jacket? Well, I couldn't. The store was closed. And what's in the package? Well, I stopped by the cleaners and got your overcoat. You, you can wear that at the dinner table. <laughs> An overcoat? Well, we'll tell Eddie you're wearing the smoking jacket under it. You'll think I'm crazy. No, we won't. We'll open all the windows and get it freezing cold in the house. <laughs> Thank goodness we live in Los Angeles when you can do that. Well, that's a big help. Gracie, it doesn't happen to be freezing cold outside. Well, open the windows anyway. In, in two minutes, he won't be able to see you for the smog. <laughs> that won't work either. Oh, you put on the overcoat. I'll think of something. Okay. Anything to keep Eddie from knowing you traded in his Christmas present. <laughs> Dinner's on the table. Oh, swell. I, I can't wait to see George in that smoking jacket. Well, there he is. Yeah, he, he's wearing an overcoat. Well, naturally. We're having a cold meal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very sensitive to, to, to heat and cold. What does he wear when you have a hot meal? I 
don't know. Ladies aren't allowed. <laughs> you like this meal, Eddie? Sliced bologna, cold chicken? Yeah, oh, the chicken's another reason for the overcoat. It saves wear and tear on the tablecloth. How? Well, he can stick the bones in his pocket. <laughs> it's neater that way. Chicken, Eddie? Thanks. It seems a shame to cover up a $200 smoking jacket. <laughs> the last time you mentioned the price, it was $150. What a memory. Well, there were a few extras. Special buttons, fancy buttonholes, a $10 tip for the boy who delivered it. Bologna, Eddie? Only the part about the tip. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh you're passing the bologna. <laughs> Thanks. Whatever it costs, Eddie, I really appreciate it. Well, don't mention it, George. I'm, I'm just a generous, open-handed type that loves to do things for my friends. Applesauce, Eddie? You're asking me to have some? Yes. Oh, in that case, thanks. As I was saying, George, I'm the generous type, and I never expect a favor in return. When I bought you that smoking jacket, I had no idea that I'd be asking you to appear on my radio program next Thursday night. Applesauce, Eddie. I just took some. This time I'm not asking, I'm telling you. Well, how about you two coming on my show next week? I can arrange it so you won't have to pay any income tax. That's great. How can you do that? It's simple, I won't give you any money. <laughs> but for old time's sake, what do you say, kids, huh? Okay, Eddie, we'll be on your program. Let's get to work on the script. I'll take off my coat no, and we'll start No, don't, George, no. Don't take coat off. No, no, no. Hey, wait a minute. There's no smoking jacket under that overcoat. George, you've been robbed. <laughs> huh? The thief must still be here. Don't leave this room, Eddie Cantor. Gracie Allen, I did not steal it. Oh, it's no use, Gracie. We might as well confess. Eddie, we traded the smoking jacket in for an erector set. <laughs> an erector set? For that $300 smoking jacket? <laughs> That came with gold buttons and velvet lapels and silk lining that lit up and with neon a signs? Of, a set of dishes and a pocket knife. And a round trip to Azusa? Uh-oh. Oh, you know about that. Eddie, we know the jacket cost ten bucks. <laughs> Gee, I'm sorry. Kids, naturally, now I... I can't ask you to appear on my program for nothing. Honestly, I feel terrible. Well, why don't you pass? <laughs> no, then I'd feel worse. <laughs> Well, I guess it's the only decent thing to do. Come on, you two come over to my house and I'll make it worth your while, huh? Well, thanks again, Eddie. Mm, not at all, Gracie. I'll see you and George on my program next Thursday night. Mm, goodbye. Goodbye, Eddie. Goodbye, children. Well, Gracie, what did Eddie give you? George, I'll never have to ask you for money again. You won't? No. Whenever I want some, I'll just pull this pocket knife on you. Oh. Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, yours truly, Bill Goodwin. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Until next Thursday, then, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee. Always Thursday, good then. to the last drop. Come on, Gracie, I'll take you to a movie. Oh, take me to see The Yearling. I'm dying to see that. Yeah, I understand there's a cute little deer in it. Oh, I'll say there is. Gregory Peck. <laughs> 
by cute little deer, I didn't mean Gregory Peck. Oh, Jane Wyman, huh? No, I mean there's a little dough in the picture. A little dough? I'll bet it makes a fortune. Good night, folks, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Eddie Cantor appeared through the courtesy of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. And now stay tuned in for Noah Webster Says, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Don't ever say that again. Don't ever say what again? No matter how clean I get my wash, it never looks really white. But it's a fact. Not if you blew with La France. La France gets clothes snowy, sparkling, dazzling white. Always? Always. Even when you have to dry your clothes indoors, a La France blue wash is a really white wash. And remember, too, La France gets rid of the separate bluing jobs. You dissolve La France right along with your soap, and it blues while you wash. Hurrah for La France. The bluing flakes used by more women than any other. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. So there you go. There's a smoking jacket for Christmas uh, from the Burns and Allen show, 1946. And I, you know, I say it's the Burns and Allen show, uh, but I think at the time, you know, a lot of these shows took on the name of their sponsor. So, like, I think this was actually called on the radio. It was called the Maxwell House Coffee Time. But it featured George and Gracie, which so it's kind of different than what we see today where the actors are the headline or where the actors or at least the characters of the story are usually part of the title. Not always, uh, but it's it's definitely not the the sponsor like Maxwell House or Marlboro Cigarettes or or something like that. You know, it's uh, there there are definitely still commercials and even with streaming now you're seeing more ad supported tiers of streaming channels and so advertising hasn't gone away sponsors haven't really gone away but the sponsors being the headline feature in the title of the show is definitely a, a thing of the past and you know in this i really like how the the commercials for the, like Maxwell House in this situation becomes part of the show, you know, the, the producer or whoever comes on and talks about Maxwell House, but it's it's worked into the routine. It's worked into the the show. And it's 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 probably still scripted, you know, and it does come off kind of forced, but uh, you know, it's worked into the show, it's worked into the characters live on the radio, so to speak. Um, so I kind of like that. It's kind of neat. Um, I'm I'm glad we don't have that today, but you know, listening to these old Radio episodes, it, it's kind of fun. I, li- I like that part. Yeah, I really like George and Gracie. I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff, but what I have seen, I've, I've enjoyed. I've seen some of their TV show. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, I just really like George Burns and Gracie Allen. You know, I know George Burns mostly from growing up in the, in the 80s. Gracie Allen had passed away in 1964, you know, way before I was born. And so I never knew her as, you know, in my lifetime. I, I've heard her in this radio show before and I, I've seen her on television. But like I said, my my main exposure was George Burns going on Johnny Carson or being in the Bob Hope Christmas special or, you know, appearing on television 
uh, from from being God in uh, several movies in the 80s. You know, that's the George Burns I remember. You know, he was in his 80s and 90s when I was seeing him on television. He lived to be 100 years old and passed away in, in 1996. Uh, but I just loved George Burns. I liked his presence. You know, he was always smoking a cigar and he would, you know, he just had that old showbiz feel and just always seemed like a really cool guy and uh, funny, self-effacing. You know, you saw that here in this radio show. He was always willing to make a joke of himself and he always spoke so well of Gracie and he, you could tell that he loved her a lot whenever he spoke about her. And I just, I just really loved George Burns when I was a kid. You know, he was just kind of this elder statesman or this uh, raconteur that would go around telling stories and, and doing his jokes. You know, you could tell he was an old vaudeville guy and and that kind of stuff. And I just really liked him a lot. I still do. And uh, so, you know, I'll probably feature more of these here. Um, Let me know if you enjoyed this, if you'd like to hear more. You know, again, the sitcom stuff is really overdone at this point. But, you know, this was back when it was start, getting started. This is when it was fresh. And I just appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to several Christmas episodes. And this, I think, was the best one that kind of represented what the show felt like. And it had a lot of funny little bits. And uh, Eddie Cantor... <laughs> Being a part of this, you know, I don't know who Eddie Cantor is. He was a, again, from back in that time, he was a singer, a songwriter, an a entertainer. Uh, he had his own radio show. He'd been in several movies. He was a dancer. You know, all the, these, you know, back then, it wasn't just enough to be funny. You had to be funny and you had to sing and you had to act and you had to dance and, and those kinds of things. And so, but uh, the thing that Eddie Cantor is most known for is he's the one, he didn't write the song, but he's the one that first sang uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town back in like 33 or something like that. And so, yeah, he was he was a famous singer. And, you know, at the time, you know, he was a famous person that everybody knew. I've heard the name over the years, but I really didn't know who Eddie Cantor was until I started looking into it. But it was kind of funny to have him come on the show and, you know, they made fun of him. Yeah, I just I just think it's brilliant how how George and Gracie, you know, work together. You know, at first she was kind of this dim-witted woman that George had to deal with and stuff like that. And so, and it was funny, but it was also a little bit stereotypical. And so I really like this sitcom format where she's not as daffy. And she's, um, you know, she still has her, has her moments, uh, but, uh, a lot of it, I, you know, they're both made fun of. It's not just Gracie. And I really like that aspect of this. And, you know, it's just from a different era, you know, like a smoking jacket who wears smoking jackets nowadays, maybe really rich people that live in Europe or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I just, it's, you know, and, you know, it seemed like that was like his social life. Like he'd go to the, the smoke shop and talk to the boys. And uh, that's just so foreign to me. You know, even growing up in the in the 70s and 80s, when smoking was still, you know, rampant, 
you know, it wasn't until recent times where, you know, smoking was looked down upon and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was part of the culture back in the thirties and forties and, and before that even, right. Um, you know, you see it in the movies, you see it, that's just the way, the way it was. And, you know, just the, the inflation, you know, $110 was like a huge, huge expense to pay for a smoking jacket. It turns out he only paid, spent the $10, right. But to say that he, you know, $110, that was a lot of money. Now, if you pay something, if you pay $110 for something, it's, you know, not that big of a deal. That's kind of a standard price for a lot of things. And I, you know, I really liked how it, how it kept escalating. You know, at first it started at 110, then it was 150, then it was 200, 300, 500. You know, he just kept escalating the price. Yeah, this is just a lot of fun. And uh, I wanted to share it with you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, I wanted to share an episode for, for a while there in some of the earlier shows, they had a pet duck. It kind of, kind of spoke him as kind of character in and of himself. And, and he has a very familiar voice, this duck. I think Herman is the name of the duck, but, uh, yeah, you, I, I really wanted to play it for that aspect. So I'll probably definitely be back with more, uh, Burns and Allen for you. And, and maybe I'll, I'll find it one of the older episodes with the duck in it. Oh, and uh, speaking of guest stars, the mailman who came in and talked to Gracie for a little bit, he was a recurring character that came in every episode. And he was voiced by Mel Blank, who you probably know voiced most of the Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny cartoon characters. So I thought that was kind of cool that uh, I think he gets more credited later on in the series. Um, but uh, for the most part, it just goes uncredited. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of cool. Mel Blank there with the uh, Burns and Allen. So yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed this again. Like I said, yeah, I just wanted to kick off this season with a festive episode, and uh, and I'm sh- you know sure I'll I'll talk to you again uh, before the end of the month. But if not, uh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah or uh, whatever you may celebrate this time of year, or you know just have a great December. And, uh, we'll be back with another journey next month. And I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll probably see you here before the end of the year, but until then stay safe out there and journey on. The journey into podcast is produced under creative commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means that you are encouraged to share this podcast with as many people as you would like. Uh, But please don't change it or sell it and let people know where you got it from.